Your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our lockdown rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. On tonight's episode, I thought it would be fun to talk about Winnipeg versus Edmonton. And I say fun, but of course, a lot of you are probably having a lot of nerves, very anxious, very concerned about how the Jets are going to do in a very difficult series, one that is probably going to test Winnipeg, considering this team has not handled Edmonton all that well in the past. Even the first win against the Oilers uh, a couple of days ago maybe left you not feeling super confident. Well, you know, coming into tonight's game, I wasn't really sure what we would see from the Jets, but to be honest, I thought they were actually pretty darn decent so far. This first period has been, I would say... A lot of Winnipeg offensive zone dominance, a lot of really good scoring chances, and Mike Smith basically just shutting down Kyle Connor and a few other really good chances so far. Winnipeg has genuinely been great at attacking the slot, and and it's partly because Edmonton's just not that good. You know, Mike Smith is one of those goaltenders where you can probably get him into some mistakes and really pressure him if you actually get into those really dangerous areas, get right in front of him, screen him, cause chaos, throw some really dangerous pucks on net, and just sort of let the chaos play out. I think that's something that the Jets have occasionally done well against other teams. It's something that I think would be a good battle strategy against the Oilers because when they are actually subjected to a lot of chaos, they tend to really concede a ton of really dangerous chances. Despite an okay opening push from the Oilers, Winnipeg basically started to take over around the midpoint of the period, and for the most part, I actually think the Jets limited most of the really dangerous chances against. Much of the opening 20 minutes was basically the Jets dominating Edmonton's low slot while conceding some counters here and there, a couple of dangerous-looking ones from maybe McDavid or Puya Yarvi, but beyond that, I think the Jets actually managed them pretty well. This is kind of an ongoing thing now. If the Jets are actually capable of limiting the top two lines, I think the Jets are in pretty good straights. The only maybe disappointing thing was that Winnipeg got a couple of power plays and didn't take advantage, so I would like to see them get a little bit more clinical. It's it's a little bit that Mike Smith is doing well, and also that maybe the Jets you know, aren't, aren't quite getting the right guys into the best shooting positions, other than Kyle Connor, who is just snake-bitten right now. He's been getting some really great chances. Mike Smith has somehow sprawled out and robbed him multiple times, so Kyle Connor, you know, he's doing fine. I think he's actually been pretty effective. The rest of the team, okay, you know, they've been doing pretty well. The Jets definitely hammered that low slot area. I thought, for the most part, Winnipeg was the much better team. But uh, I am curious to know how the team is going to adjust heading into the second period. You know, if Mike Smith is on point, then you need to start looking at, like, maybe tip deflections and stuff here and there. I would prefer them to get in close and, and just really harass Smith into a mistake because he can actually be pressured pretty easily and so if you get down low and you start to elevate those pucks get him into really good shooting areas and really avoid his pads more than anything Smith's going to be in trouble you know his footwork and stuff is good enough to really block most of the low net area so you need to elevate the puck and pick those corners which is something that the Jets can absolutely do Andrew Kopp came very close to doing it on a nice little two-on-two situation where he actually cut inside and got the defender sprawling out 
He just put a little bit too much mustard on the shot and sent it over the bar. But other than that, I, I would say that I was actually impressed with Winnipeg's first period. I think it's it's partially the Jets playing well and also Edmonton being kind of bad. There definitely were a few moments where I felt like the Jets probably needed to sharpen up. Um, on one of their power plays, they did give up a counter on a, a near breakaway for, I think it was Ryan Nugent Hopkins or, or Yesapuya Yarvi, and the Jets were very fortunate. I'm not sure who disrupted either of those players, but they kind of chopped down at both skaters and it was a little bit risky. But for the most part, you know, pretty good period. It's the kind of opening statement period that you would want the Jets to have a, a fairly dominant affair. Pierre-Luc Dubois on his return looked pretty decent. I wasn't, like, amazed with this game, but I thought he was fine. Um, other than that, you know, the Jets just kind of took care of business for the most part. They do need, again, to find a greasy goal, maybe elevate those pucks and look for some corners. Other than that, I don't really think you have to say much bad about the Jets. I think they did a pretty good job. This is definitely an improvement from Game 1 and some growth that I wanted to see with this team because it is clear that the Jets can actually take it to Edmonton if they start to apply pressure. The Oilers are not a team that you really want to sit back against. You know that if McDavid and Drysaddle are running and gunning, you're going to be in trouble, right? But here's the spoiler alert, that's totally okay, because you have other matchups you can win. And honestly, the Jets have done a really good job of keeping McDavid off balance. That's one thing that I will give this team a ton of credit for. They have not really shied away from engaging with him, which is not something that they did before in previous games. So that I'm very happy to see. Overall, I just feel like this opening first period was pretty nice. I'm I'm hoping for better things in the second period, namely score, scoring goals. That's like the one thing that's been missing. Connor Hellebuck has had to make a couple of decent stops, nothing too crazy. I think the Jets have, for the most part, kept his uh, his workload pretty light. Edmonton is taking a lot of point shots. But in terms of stuff where Hellebuck is going to be left stranded right in front of his own area or crease, they've kind of kept that area clear. So overall, impressed with the effort. I do wonder if this second period is going to be a bit of a different story. When Edmonton starts to up the pace and tempo, the Jets do kind of shy away and maybe back down a bit, which is not something that you want to do. If the Oilers are kind of giving you time and space, you need to take advantage because eventually McDavid will start to open the game up, and that's one thing you don't want to see. Keep McDavid frustrated, keep Puya Yarvi away from, you know, Hellebuck, because Puyu can actually rip that puck from a really good angle and, and pick the corners too, so not somebody that you also want to give space to. That top six in general is just really loaded in terms of scoring skill. Knock on wood, the Jets have done a good job of keeping that unit off kilter, but eventually they probably will find a way through. So let's hope the Jets actually score a couple of goals and put the pressure all on Edmonton to perform. If Winnipeg comes out of tonight with a 2-0 series lead and gets Ehlers back over the weekend, folks, I'm feeling a little bit better about the series. I thought the Oilers might be a problem for the Jets, but thus far, Winnipeg is finding a way to handle them, and that's a very big change from the previous outings in the series. Only time will tell, so don't get your hopes up too high, but maybe, maybe, just maybe, the Jets are going to be decent. We'll move on to the second and third periods in just a little bit. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you about why Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. If you're a long-time listener of this podcast, then by now you know that I'm personally a huge fan of Built Bars. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's so great because it tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in nine delicious flavors including coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. But every now and then, Built Bar does something extra special and releases a limited edition, limited quantity special flavor that you need to be subscribed to their newsletter or sub to all of their social media channels so you know when they drop. These flavors are delicious, they include some really great ones like Churro Puff is one of my favorites. But seriously, you cannot go wrong with any of them. They're all fantastic, I love them, and I think you will too. Even better than the taste though, Belt Bars are fantastic for you. With most clocking in at around 130 to 170 calories, 17 to 18 grams of protein, and 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. 
To place your order, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are checking in on the Jets. It has now been two periods of NHL action and Winnipeg is currently still locked in a nothing-nothing heater with the Oilers. This second period had a distinctly different feel than the first. You know, the first period, Winnipeg definitely controlled the tempo and was really hemming in Edmonton for most of that uh, opening 20 minutes. The second period felt more like the Jets were kind of playing a bit of prevent. You know, Winnipeg wasn't really getting many shots on goal, and so Edmonton also wasn't really getting all that many looks. Despite evening up the shot clock a lot more compared to what was uh, happening in the first period, Winnipeg's second period, you know... They didn't really let Edmonton get any clean looks to Hellebuck, aside from one particular one where Hellebuck had to make a phenomenal save. It was like an absolutely insane one. It might have been on Puya Yarvi, um, but basically Dreisaitl had this beautiful behind-the-back pass across that somehow it was basically one-timed, and it looked like it was labeled for the short side for the shooter, and Hellebuck's pad just somehow stuck out and robbed the chance completely. It's the kind of save that you're going to see on every highlight reel from this game, so uh, Connor Hellebuck, take a bow, man. As for the rest of the period, I would say the Jets were pretty okay. I think defensively they were, like, resolute, which is not something that you often say about this team. When that is one of the only chances that Edmonton really got uh, that, that that's particularly dangerous, you know, aside from, like, some point shots and crappy low-danger things, I would say that that's a pretty good period. Um, Winnipeg defensively kind of locked out McDavid and Drysaddle and Poyarvi. So, yeah, you know, overall this game has a pretty solid feel to it. I would say. Um, I think the only note of concern is again that the Jets did kind of sacrifice offensive creation for just really shut down hockey. And why that does worry me just a bit is because Edmonton only needs to see one mistake before they can suddenly score on the counter from somebody like McDavid. So, if you don't have anything on the score sheet yet. You're getting into dangerous territory where you're starting to worry about a single mistake, one bad turnover, one really awful missed pass or something, getting picked off and countered to your own net. Mike Smith at the other end did have to make a couple of decent saves. I think for the most part, Winnipeg shooters that he was being tested by, they weren't really Winnipeg's most elite shooters. We're talking guys who are more like Andrew Kopp and some of these other players. They're all very decent, and certainly Kopp has pretty good hands, but not the kind of elite finishing and one-on-one matchup talent that somebody like you know, Kyle Connor would have in a situation like that. The only other thing of note about this period was that there was plenty of conflict and, and a lot of physicality. I think the Jets have kind of matched Edmonton's style of game, which is not something that I expected. I think Winnipeg has done a very good job of, you know, muscling in, really frustrating the Oilers, and kind of catching them off guard a bit. In previous matchups, Edmonton basically owned the Jets in a couple of key categories. Nothing like crazy in terms of offensive creation. In fact, Edmonton really didn't do a whole lot at even strength. But I think that that's actually a crucial thing because the Jets also aren't giving away too many penalties. This has been a game and really a series so far where the Jets just don't get called for much. And it's because they aren't giving the Oilers all that much to work with anyways. So long as the Jets keep the Oilers off the power play, I'd have to say that's going to be a pretty good result for Winnipeg. Um, I would say that's probably Edmonton's main secret weapon. McDavid at even strength is, is definitely a threat, but McDavid on the power play, he's basically a guaranteed goal. So... Frustrate the Oilers, catch them on a mistake, counter, score, profit, go home. Overall, I'd call this effort pretty satisfactory. It's been a good road game. The Jets have done just enough to keep Edmonton out of the uh, out of the scoring areas, mainly frustrated McDavid and, and kept Dreisaitl in check as well. So, yeah, not a bad effort. 
couple of adjustments I could maybe see. I don't know. Um, just scoring. I really can't imagine that there's much else the Jets can really do. I will say that the second period, maybe they were a little bit more passive than I would like, but I think they were definitely focused on defensive details and mostly trying to play not to get scored on. That probably needs to change for Game 3. I do think Winnipeg should maybe consider taking some more chances. You know, if you can start to get the Edmonton Oilers in some dangerous high-pressure situations, especially late in this game, I think Winnipeg is going to be in much better straits. Right now, all the pressure is certainly on Edmonton not to fall two games behind already in what should be a series that was an expected win for them, but already they are finding themselves in real danger. You know, the second game hasn't really gone according to plan. I'm sure that they would love to have had a goal already to try and put this one at least in a bit more shouting distance, but so far Winnipeg just isn't giving anything away, especially in close, and on those chances where Edmonton finally gets into the slot, either Hellebuck has been great or Winnipeg's defense has actually marked out the Oilers enough or disrupted them to the point of not actually getting a really good shot attempt. So, yeah, not a bad period, not a bad 40 minutes of this game. We're going to find out if, in fact, the Jets can hold on for period number three in just a little bit. Between the periods, we did hear that Nazem Kadri has actually been suspended for eight games after his head check on Justin Falk from the other night, which I was kind of surprised by. You know, Dops doesn't really ever punish anyone, so I'm a little bit concerned as to why Kadri is the only one who seemingly gets punished and suspended like this. It's a bit crazy that Tom Wilson keeps doing Tom Wilson things, and he basically gets like a slap on the wrist while Kadri gets eight games. Man, that's pretty crazy. You don't ever see something like that, especially for players who are repeat offenders. That's literally half a full Stanley Cup run. So I'm going to be curious to see the reactions on this one. I'd love to know your thoughts. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. I think there are plenty of questions as to why Kadri was the one who was suspended more than Wilson was. For now, though, we are going to uh, turn our attention back to Winnipeg in just a little bit. Before we catch up on third period action, I did want to tell you about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust at all times. That's why you should look no further than BetOnline. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball and hockey season are in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and all your other favorite sports in between. Before the next pitch or face-off, head on over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and join your favorite teams as they begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. Getting started couldn't be easier. Register for a free account at betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are checking in on Winnipeg versus Edmonton in the final period of uh, regulation, and wow, folks, yeah, this was honestly a very interesting and exciting nothing-nothing game. This is probably one of the more well-rounded performances we've seen from the Jets. I felt like for the most part they were more aggressive. They challenged McDavid and Dreisaitl and Puya Yarvi. They did actually concede a number of chances in this final third period. And Connor Hellebuck had to be at his best. And the same could be said for Mike Smith. Winnipeg got a couple of really good scoring chances the other way. You know, this was definitely a goaltending battle. And it's not really surprising that, of course, this game actually is going to overtime with a nothing-nothing scoreline. Um, 
I will say that I thought one of these teams was actually going to score before the end of regulation. There were plenty of opportunities on the power play, and certainly the Jets had a couple of really good looks. Edmonton had some really good even-strength looks. The best Oilers chance to put this one away definitely came with a 5-on-3 power play earlier into the period. You know, there were a couple of unfortunate calls. Logan Stanley took one while there was already a penalty kill in place. And Leon Dreisaitl very nearly put this game away with a one-time blast that somehow Hellebuck seemed to just stretch his pad out and rob. This is one of Hellebuck's most dialed-in performances, and it's what we've come to expect from somebody who does appear to be the true deal as far as like a franchise goalie is concerned. If ever there was any doubt before this year, it's definitely gone away. He's won a Vezina. He's been a Vezina finalist as well. And right now, he's keeping the Jets inside this game. We're not actually going to have time to sit through and wait till the end of regulation for this game to give you a report on what happens in overtime. We'll talk a little bit about that either over the weekend or this coming Monday. I'll give you some details on what ended up transpiring and what happened over the weekend game as well. As far as like regulation review is concerned, though, I'll say this about the Jets. I was actually pretty impressed. I think that this team did some things that I was very happy with. I felt like defensively this was... A fairly nuanced performance, it wasn't like shut down in the usual sense, but Winnipeg did a really good job of isolating McDavid and ensuring the Top Guns really didn't get many good looks. This was very clearly an outing where it was probably going to take like a really greasy goal in order to beat either of these goaltenders at even strength, and somehow it just never came through. Winnipeg did its part to keep McDavid and company in check and actually created quite a few great scoring opportunities, especially in that opening first period. The second period was probably a little bit more boring, relatively speaking, but I'm sure the tension and anxiety, uh, certainly for me, never really went away. The third period was super chaotic. Both of these teams were creating chances left and right. Winnipeg was basically throwing guys on the line, literally on the goal line, to try and block shots, especially on the 5-on-3 power play. And it got so desperate that even Dylan DeMello sprawled out and basically did his best Dominic Hasek rolling alligator save, where he actually got some injuries and had to go off the bench for a little bit to try and heal up quickly. Such was the absolute chaos in Winnipeg's crease. I, you know, I just am proud of this team for actually fighting and really showing us what they can do when they actually turn back the clock and look like a really good team. Regardless of what the scoreline happens to be at the end of this game, you know, I'm going to be happy with the Jets. I think that they actually did a fantastic job of, of doing what we've been asking them to do this entire year. And yes, while they still have shifts where it's like maybe a bit suboptimal, like putting the fourth line out there with six minutes remaining in the game. Yeah, don't don't do that ever again, please. McDavid's going to feast on that. You know, otherwise the Jets looked pretty good. The only real exceptions probably include um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who didn't really show up for this game until the very last few minutes. I felt like he was just having a nightmare out there. Not really impactful, very sloppy in possession, turned over the puck a lot of times, lost a lot of physical battles. Just kind of a ghost. He did sort of wake up in the final period and actually had a couple of really good shifts late in the game that I thought he was actually going to get some kind of an assist, which is sort of like a trademark thing that he's done for the Jets every now and then. He's had like a trash game and then a really crucial game-winning point. It hasn't happened yet, but maybe it will later in this game in overtime. But, you know, obviously it's going to be a little bit late for that, and I did want to get this episode at least before the end of the, uh, well, in terms of my day, <laughs> the end of uh, the end of the actual Friday, so... Cross your fingers, gird your loins, grab some snacks, grab some cold ones, whatever it is you need to settle your nerves, because I have a feeling the next couple of overtime periods, or however long this is going to take, it's going to be absolutely crazy. It will be the first goaltender to blink, and I'm hoping it's not the Jets, because I really feel like Winnipeg does deserve the win. Overall, they were probably the better team, although it's kind of evened up over the past couple of periods. That said, you know, I'm just happy with Winnipeg's effort. 
This is what I was asking for from this team for most of the year. I'm glad they've finally been able to do it, even if it's just for a couple of games. I know I'll certainly try to enjoy this ride for as long as it lasts. I'm hoping that the Jets can do something fun. Maybe they actually somehow parlay this into a cup win. Who knows? Crazier things have happened, right? For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast hosted by Peter Bukowski. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.